Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, fasten your sleep, uh, start your sleep timers. They can't be fastened uh, because they gotta sit. I just got it on simmer, a big pot of boars, because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And if you want to help out the show, oh boy, I got to start writing these because, uh, the, you know, that part that's supposed to be a joke. But if you want to help out the show, just in way to help out the show for both of us is make sure you're subscribed, uh, whether it's in iTunes or some other podcatching device. That way you get to, the shows are always there for you to listen to. And, you know, a lot of them auto download or if you stream, it just lets you know, hey, there's a new show. And uh, double check in iTunes because sometimes iTunes will like unsubscribe you to stuff, but the podcast should be in all those things. They call it auto magic. I say, well, close. Well, I don't know, Pocket Cast, it's a, it, once you figure it out and over, but, but they all work great. I don't want to, you know. And if you do use iTunes, if you can give us a re- review or a rating if you have time, yeah, that way other people know about the podcast. And it can dilute the grouches that stumble upon the podcast and get really upset. Uh, That's it. Let's get on to the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. We're going to do the rest. And what, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain. Whatever, if it's your brain, something's running through your brain, you know, that's got you tossing and turning. Your body is flaring up in some sort of way, you know, and, and that's got you awake. Whether it's your emotions and the turbulence of the holiday season could add you up at night. You're adjusting to a new schedule, you're traveling, whatever it is, I'm going to try to take your mind off of that. And it's a safe place, I'm going to smooth out a little, you know, some nice, uh, clean, little clean grass. Is, is that the artificial kind? No, 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 this is clean, this is Scooter's own, own imaginary blend of clean, he calls it the clean grass. Remember, you know, it exists only in your youthful memories. And those of you that re- regularly listen to, you know, you say, oh, it's time to get on the old nostalgia bath. Scoot's climbing in the nostalgia bath for this intro. And I say, well, my, that's a great, great idea is to introduce these new, any new listeners. What I'm going to try to do is take your mind off stuff. The theory goes that you can't think about two things at once. So if you're listening to me instead of thinking or focusing on whatever's been keeping you up at night, uh, that's the distraction part, and you say, "Okay, yes, Scoots, I could watch. You know, I could be watching Star Trek, or you know, some something else, or I could be listening to, you know, mystery show, ninety nine percent invisible, uh, Nocturne. You know, any. You say, "Okay, okay, we'll slow it down because here's the extra part. I'm going to distract you, aka good stuff, like the good stuff does." But then I'm going to go, you see, so I'm going to take your mind off stuff, but it's bedtime. So, and I realize that. So I kind of like roll in. I say to the other podcasters, I say, okay, you know, I know you didn't pick me for your teams, but you can call me in now that the, uh, it's kind of like if there was a water boy whose only job was to give water out 
or shake people's hands as they leave the game. Say, great shot. You know, that, I guess that would be me if it was a sports metaphor. You say, okay, what's that Scoots kid doing on your team? You say, he's got his uniforms. Dip. Well, he greets he he, uh, he greets the departing uh, guests in the team, both teams. He, he kind of closes the game out after it's over. Is is that some sort of you know? Is that like you know? You know, some people get irritated and they say that's like an award for everything or a participation award. They say, well, old Scoots can't even pronounce participation, but it's kind of like it. Okay, and then they say, okay, hey, coach, let me take over here because you know my internal coach hasn't been coached in the uh, business of. Uh, Distraction, and I say, "How are you folks doing?" What I, yeah, I'm the post game grader. That, that's the coach. You know, coach doesn't like to. You know, he says no labels. We're a label free team, including teammate. He said, "Don't you know you're not allowed, Scooch? You're not allowed to use that label on yourself, teammate." When I say I come into the old field after the game, I wait at the stands or the bleachers or the you know field side seats. And I say, hey, great, great job watching that game. I saw you. Great job napping during that game, ma'am. You probably needed a nap. No, you know, don't let anybody shame you. Great job. And I say, hey, sir, you with the frowny face. You really frown. Did you get all those frowns out? No, you still got one more for me? Well, thank you. You have a nice day then. And you say, hey, you, I never heard anybody sigh that well in ages. I think there was a bridge of size somewhere. And I don't want to say it's in Versailles because, you know, that's a little too punny. But, man, you cited everything that referee did. And was that your son with the, uh, with the, with the, uh, no. Well, your son, let me say, would you? But I say, I, I learned, I said, I can't wait for the next uh, moment I could use it because I learned so much about, thank you for coming to the game, by the way. And a lot of the people, they might be leaving the game after I, you know, compliment them on their sighing. And they might be waiting for me to mutter something under my breath or shame them. And I say, well, no, no, that's not my role here at the post-game, you know, post-game greeter. And I see you, 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 you were the one, you, you were always waiting sure kids had their shoelaces tied, huh? And you want to say post-game greeter doesn't make any sense. And I would say, ma'am. You you have a keen eye for shoelaces and, you know, whatever the opposite of a double entendre is, an entendre, because that's what I'm doing here. I'm doing a little entendring, and, and, and I can see that's making you ponder. You ponder that on the ride home. Have a great afternoon, ma'am. Because my job as post-game greeter is say, yeah, it's, I just say I want to make sure everybody leaves the game feeling like, She's just giving a little rub. It's like a little polish. And, you know, I ran it by the coach because he said, well, can you kick this? I said, I, I said, he usually miss when I try to kick stuff. And I said, you know, you know, we tried the experiment where I was on the team and I was a teammate and I was on the bench making those jokes the whole time. And I know that costs a bunch of coaches their jobs because and, you know, some hard stuff. Because I'd be on there cracking, you know, cracking the bench up, so that, that doesn't work. And I said, "Remember that, Coach? I called. We called. I called the other guys, the Pinewood Boys. Remember when I, the, I had my little team of bench bench warmers, the Pinewood Boys? I think I called us. 
You, 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 oh, you were the fr- were you, you're not with. Are you with that other frowny guy? That's more of a glare. Will you have a great afternoon? Uh, could, could I could I call you the glare bear? And maybe you know the glare bear cousins. Is this your? This is you have a lovely family too, Coach. And I know you had to retire from coaching, and you're, that's why you're glaring. Okay, well, I'll see you later. I, I have an amends to make with you. Don't worry. You know, there's thousands. I have to actually use a randomizer because I have so many people on the list. But I'll get to you, you know, when your number comes up out of the thousands. So anyway, thanks, Coach. That was the old Coach, uh, you know, forced to, you know, way too many. You know, that's why I'm doing the post-game grading now. And he's only allowed to glare at games, you know, no speaking anyway. So anyway, I was trying to do a metaphor here, folks. And this is, that's a little bit like this podcast for your brain at bedtime. Because, you know, what I try to do is, 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 is take those parts of your brain or your body or your feelings that are kind of like those, uh, what do those people call that watch sporting spectators that just left this game? And they, those the spectators, they're really involved in your game when you say, they, they say, you know, they even, you get in bed and you, they say, hey, what's the game tonight? And you say, nothing, there's no game, I'm going to bed. Okay, well, who's going to win? No, no, there's no way, I'm just going to sleep. Okay, well, you know you have the wrong equipment on for that. And, says, so, and then the next spectator will be like, did you tell her how bad she is at this? And you might say, well, I'm bad at what? I'm, I'm just trying to go to bed. Exactly. They say, Jesus, I hate to use the word failure with you because I know how sensitive you are. You know, and I say, I wonder if I could work in a double, you know, sensitive. Is it too sensitive? Is Can you fa- be failing? Oversensitivity, is that a failure too? And that's probably why, you know, the, the, when you were crying at Christmas, was it about that failure or the other one? Is, Say, no, I'm trying to go to sleep. I got to go back to work. I say, so this is where old Scoots comes in, and I'm the bedtime greeter. You know, I'm, you know, when everybody, and I'll call, I say, hey, you with the, uh, hey, come on over here. You, you see all these other people that just left this wonderful game? And I said, I saw you over there. I saw you. Did you, did you try to use failure twice in one sentence? Yeah, about two different things, too, but then you use, is that a modifier? You don't know either. Yeah, can you use failure as a modifier of failure when it's about, a, you know, Anne in a global sense about her self-worth? Whew, I like your style. I like it a lot. Well, listen, I was going to make it. I said, I know you got a lot of shaming. You're not the shamer. You're just, a, okay, well, I know you got a whole team over there. But I got this new thing going, free, free, no charge. And I got this, did you see the infield over here? She's going to lie down over there. You're a human. But I was going to call you over here because I just got done with that game let out. And I wanted to invite all you you folks over. I got this new grass. It's called, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I guess it's I failed to name the grass. You believe that? I totally failed. What kind of inventor am I? And also, I failed to invent the grass. It's imaginary. Extremely comfortable and extremely clean. And I know you, and it's also, if you get real close to the grass and you just listen to the way, I'm pretty sure I heard this. It's like, you know, that grass that you can blow on and you it makes a noise? 
Oh, you're just a brain part, so you don't know about this stuff. Well, I know you, you, you brain parts are really confused about the future in the past, right? Well, I've heard from other, because I'm, I'm the post-game greeter, and it, when I made up that word, it kind of disturbed the uh, space-time continuum. And that's what I was thinking about calling this continuum grass. When I talk into it, there's a chance my words start to get garbled. And they may talk about the past. They, they, they're mildly entertaining, but there might be some future past stuff in there because of the continuum. It's continuum grass. It's, uh, yeah, with a little blue wine in there. And some Kentucky Blue. You are. You're keen like that other person. And, yeah, I say, so why don't you all lie down? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to mask everything in a story because I know you're human. Probably, you know, it'd be easier on them if I put it, you know, at a very simple level. And I'll just do that. You you, you all, you, get, you all, if you chill out here, let me just talk to your human real quick. I'll be back to you. Do you guys need any snacks? Uh, do you need me to fluff your grass before I go? Okay, let me do a little grass. I, 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 it's like the opposite of petting, you know. Yeah, you like that movement? Yeah, it's like... Uh, I'm a grass petter. You know, what, what can I say? Okay, so you get comfortable. I pre-warmed that, too. I have extra body heat because of all my, you know, stuff going on. Okay, I'll be back. Okay, so human, this is, if you're new here or you're not, you see, Jesus, this is how it goes. This is the podcast, kind of. And clearly, you know, you don't need to listen to me say, well, he's talking some stuff. It's, it's not, it's not a... It's, 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 what did he, you know, next tomorrow you'll probably be like, did he say he was a, he was a mall greeter, I think he was pretending old scoots. And then maybe you'll see one of your friends or your partner and say, no, 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 no. He was a, he was a, a fleet streeter, I think. No, no, I could have sworn he would use the word. Well, that's us. Did you sleep too? Oh, yeah, I slept great. And that, so that's a podcast. I just want to take you, distract you from everything that's going on and carry you off into dreamland. It's, it's, it's different, and uh, I can be irritating to some, but most people I'm like, eh, not, you know, eh. it's, it's, what do you think about old scoots? I'm usually asleep, so I don't, you know. I remember, he, you know, he was, he was a member of the Pinewood Boys. I think they chewed pine. It, I, but I don't remember really. So, and and I won't call on you for witnesses for anything, you know, you know. So don't worry about it. So that's it. That's what the podcast is. Take your mind off of stuff, distract you. What I really want to do is send my voice and my hand and my intention across the deep dark night and say, "Hey, I'm here for you." And if you can't sleep, I'm I, clearly, uh, you know, I'm putting effort in here. I, I, I'm not. It might not make any sense to you, but to me, I'm like, holy cow. Hey, good. Oh, Henry, get over here. Good thing they named a candy bar after you because you're. And they say, oh, Henry was. I say, okay, well, your writing career's over now, my friend. You know, go tame a shrew with your candy bar or whatever. You know, I get a gift for your magi. And they say, Scoots, weren't you trying to do high school sports material? Anyway, that's what I want to do is is, is is escort you over the threshold to sleep, okay? But if you can't sleep, I'll be here for the next 45 minutes trying to keep you mildly relaxed, mildly entertained. Maybe put a smile on your face.
but I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for coming by, and I really hope I help you fall asleep. Thanks so much. Uh, housekeeping, we're on the web, www.sleepinmepodcast.com. Older episodes are there. Uh, you can find them there. Uh, you can comment on the website. You can email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can interact with me on Twitter. Or, you know, I guess that's what they, that sounds so formal. You know, you can say hi on Twitter. We can, you know, send me a picture or something, you know. So, you know, be silly uh, or whatever. I don't, I don't know, I guess. And now I'm like, this is like, this is always good as a teachable moment. I'm being critical of myself because I don't have a mastery of social. I guess my brain is saying, how come you don't have a mastery of social media or whatever the hell it's called, language around that? Say, well, I'm just doing my best here. Uh, also on Facebook, uh, which we can also do stuff like interacting with something that would please my internal critic, a way to describe it. Uh, bore friends, you know, we're, we'll be we'll bore friend around. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful. He edits our shows sometimes, and hopefully with this Patreon, I'll be editing all our shows eventually. And he has a podcast over at soundslikeanearful.com. You should check it out. I want to thank Scotty and Laura on our artwork, on our honor, as they say in StarCraft. Facebook group over at sleepmoviepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S. I want to thank all our moderators over there. I want to thank uh, Julie C., Jennifer B., Rachel L. to the G., Lyle Lie, Laura and Alexandra. I want to thank Latitude on our subreddit and everybody that's over there on that subreddit. Um, you know, let's get that going. I, I'll, uh, I've got it on my, my giant to-do list to get over there and interact, but, uh, you know, it's, it's on there. I'll be over there soon. That's at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash reddit, re, you know, reddit, or just on reddit sleep with me is the subreddit. Uh, I want to thank Joey Keaton over at uh, the Daily Dot, uh, the Daily Dot, oh, just Daily Dot com, who wrote an article. It came out on December twenty second, so I don't really have time to thank Joey and point people over towards it. Uh, but it was really we had a really nice interview maybe a month or two ago, and it was really really. And I, you know, of course, I ramble even in interviews, even probably even more because I'm nervous. Uh, but Joey was able to construct one, one really nice article. So, and it's a little different than other stuff that's been written. So go ahead and check it out if you can. Thank you so much. And I think that's it. Let's get on to the show. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Scooter. And this is going to be a, like a sausage episode, which sounds, you know, sorry about that. But, uh, the way it sounded, I right, hey everybody. This is Scooter. So this is going to be one of those, um, process episodes or how the podcast gets made or to, just talk meta whatever you want to talk about or whatever you want to call it uh and this probably be a two two or three parter um i'm not sure segment wise because i want to talk about how roberta claus went or because i know i had an episode before we did it and then talk about kind of stuff that's coming up. Uh, so right now, as I record this, believe it or not, it's uh, December 22nd. So there's still two more episodes of Roberta Claus to come out, though they're finished and they've been done for about a week now. 
So I know how, you know, this is again like a Back to the Future moment, because when you hear this, it'll be after they've come out. So it'll kind of be on equal footing. And I guess I just want to address one more thing. is like, why am I doing this? So like, why would I? And I said, well, just this, this can be pretty boring, and I can, I'm, I'm going to try to go out of my way to make it more boring. And it's, I guess it's following my thought process about stuff, because right now I'm not working off any notes or anything. Uh, two, just for anybody out there that's trying to make stuff or is just interested in the process of the podcast getting made, or, you know, and says, well, I'm, you know, maybe... Or, you know, you want to get some osmosis action going. There's that. Another thing is, like, uh, I want to have some new episodes out, but, but I, I'm, I want to give myself a week or two to keep developing the new series that's going to start. And, it's again, you can give me your feedback about these style episodes because it's an experiment. It's, you know, I'll take everybody's advice and I can always readjust. But the last one we did, I got some good feedback about for the people that enjoyed it. So I said, hey, let's do this again. Okay, so let's talk about Roberta Claus and how it went and kind of what I thought of it. You know, let's, I guess let's just talk that out. How does that sound? So Roberta Claus ended up being six episodes, I believe. And uh, I don't know, I guess like since it hasn't all come out yet, I'm, I'm not sure... I guess like well, I know how I, I guess I'm feel I feel mixed about it. I, I guess like uh, I really really like Roberta Claus, and I was happy how the story turned out, and I was pretty happy with Claude Neon as a narrator, and that was kind of like the big question mark. I don't know if in the episode before the series started if I talked about it, but it was like a, but I was trying to find a way to have like a more neutral narrator. That wasn't a goofball like Germ was in the in Lady Witchbeard. Uh, that wasn't so much a part of the story. Now Claude did get swept up in a little bit of the story, but for the most part, he he was really just like kind of like an observer with a few tasks to do. And I thought I I didn't know if I was going to do it like a report and like with interviews and character voices. Or just straight Claude Neon, and then I did the first episode, and I was like, "Wow, this this uh, it felt good doing it." And then listening to it, and then listening to Chris uh, Chris uh, Chris's edit, I said, "Okay, like this is," and I'm not. It was super boring in some sense, like his uh, delivery style, which is just my. You know, I don't know how, even how much different it was to me. I mean, for me, for listeners, but for me listening, I guess I mentally, you know, get into the character. So it was just really boring having a straight uh, run-on description of events. I mean, uh, in one man's voice who he wasn't, he was monotone like I am, uh, but, you know, without a lot of emotion or anything except for occasional amazement I think maybe he experienced a few times or a tiny suspense uh so there was that element to it that I liked um uh what else well before we talk about Roberta and the story process wise what worked and what didn't work um I felt a little bit under the gun I was I was uh 
Uh, I don't know if this is interesting or not. I hope not, I guess, because you're trying to sleep. But Okay, so what, what I guess is what, what might be interesting. Okay, so process-wise, writing an episode, it's like I felt like I was under the gun. And it was, I don't know, I think it might have been because of other stuff that was going on. Uh, but but it was really hard writing it, and I was just having a lot of trouble focusing. Maybe it was because the between Christmas and or between Thanksgiving and Christmas, or I had some stress with the job and stress around things going well with the podcast. But every time, a lot of times when I was sitting down to write, like I'm pretty automatic at this point. When I sit down on the train, boom! I pause what I'm listening to. I take out my pad and I start writing. And then on a bus, it's like, depends if I have a seat or not, you know. Uh, but I know five days a week, more or less, I'm going to be on a train. So so I sat down on the train, but some sometimes my mind was elsewhere. I'd start, I'd write a few lines, and then I'd start daydreaming. Honestly, that was the biggest problem, or day worrying or mostly those two things instead of, and, and then I would have trouble, uh, you know, I lose five or 10 minutes and that's a, a century in this type of writing for me. Cause it's like 15 to 30 minutes is my train ride. So to lose 10 minutes, that's a lot of time to lose. So I think the lesson there is maybe trying to catch that earlier and then break things down into little, littler parts uh, because they think, like, once I started daydreaming, then I would go back and I'd be like, well, this is just too hard a, a problem to crack, and I would be feeling dissatisfied. So then I would be like, go back to daydreaming or worrying about something else because it was preferable to the emotions I was feeling about how the story was going instead of maybe taking more discreet action and being like, okay, well, because I guess one thing I did not do that you can always go to, this isn't an advice thing, but it's like you can always brainstorm or whatever blue sky if you're stuck and just fill up a page with 30, 50, 100 things that could happen. So if you're stuck or you're, because then you're mechanically doing something, and this is more advice for myself, I think, by saying it out loud. And, you know, pretend it, I, mean, I guess I'm trying to give this to myself, uh, but if anybody else needs it, and just say, okay, well, what else could happen? Or, okay, well, I don't know. And instead of saying, I don't know, just be like, okay, well, let's write a hundred things down. You know, Roberta becomes a glass of milk. Okay, you wrote it down, you know. And again, I'm not I, I'm not trained in um, these corporate brainstorm things, but I've heard you know oh no no bad ideas. So it's in that spirit. Just keep writing down ideas. And I got to tell you that almost always works. And even if it doesn't, you're actually doing something, and you never know. And a lot of times, like right around twenty or thirty, it's like oh holy shit, that's it. What why you know mud you know mud pies. That's it. That's exactly what we needed, the elite mud pies. Um, and then you say, well, let's just keep brain, you know, and then you, you, things will start to flow again. So this is a little bit different than being, uh, 
what do you call it, when you can't, uh, writer's block. And I guess because of the nature of this podcast, I really don't have a choice about writer's block. One, because I'm not really writing, I'm outlining and writing, but like at the end of the week, the show has to get recorded. So uh, it's more like, uh, I don't know what it is, but it ends up being painful for me because the less prepared I am for the episode, the more longer it takes to record and the more stressful it is recording it, you know, because I'm, I'm feeling bad. And I don't know where the next stop is or I don't feel satisfied. It's like, oh, that's the next stop. Okay, that's cool. That makes sense in the story. So now I can meander till we get to that next stop. Or this is how this episode ends or this scene ends. Okay, well, I can get us there. Okay. So that was a—I don't think it um, damaged the series so much, but it just made it harder on me. And that was my own fault, like, uh, and, and maybe the nature of this season and, and maybe the story, I don't know. But I definitely had trouble focusing, probably from stress and maybe because I, and maybe that was a good thing. Maybe I said, maybe some smarter part of me was like, hey, let's not, I mean, I guess I was still stressing about the episode, but I think the solution's kind of apparent, but maybe harder to implement than it sounds. Which is just say, okay, Scooch, just bring. If you don't know where the story's going, or you don't know what this person's met, you know, if you're not happy with Roberta's journey, uh, you know, I don't know, just write down a list of something related to the story. And uh, this kind of leads into a couple other. My biggest source of dissatisfaction with the story uh, was. And this is a common theme, and it's, I guess, a lecture I have of making a podcast to put people to sleep. But I think it also comes with any creative endeavor of your first few drafts or when you're first doing anything, which is still new for me. It's not like like I'm still learning all this stuff, too. Is it just, you know, your, your uh, ambition for the story or your desire to story, your skill level and your refinement of the story isn't at the same place as what you, your expectations for yourself. And this is where my dissatisfaction came from, was I just felt like, and I think if I had more time or I was rewriting this story, maybe we could get there, but then maybe it wouldn't be boring, so that's a good thing, is that I really wanted more conflict uh, between science and, I don't know if faith is the right word, but I kind of wanted Roberta to be more torn between her science side, I guess in three directions, like this public turning against her and the idea, you know, uh, this like uh, subtle misogyny against Roberta and against change. I think those are two different things, but they are both stacked up against Roberta. And then Roberta, that she's rooted in science, and that's a good thing for the story, but that Roberta, like, the, one of the solutions would be her finding um, 
something beyond science. I don't think faith is the right word, but uh, some emotional groundedness maybe, or emotional, um, some emotional, I don't know, investment. I don't know. I guess I don't know what the right man to say. Why that? Maybe that's why I can't get there, Scoots. And I'd say, right, but I wanted her, I don't know if I wanted her to be torn so much as like, uh, I guess this is, we're, we're being, we're exposing problems by, like we're peeling the onion back here because I can't put it into words. So it's like, uh, that does make sense that I couldn't get there because I can't even enunciate it or, or you know. So it was some sort of conflict. And I say, it's not science versus faith. Because in some sense, you know, Robert already made a leap to a leap of faith in the backstory uh, that wasn't a part of the episode when Santa chose her. But I guess I wanted more conflict within Roberta, which I felt like there wasn't enough of. I guess that would be the easiest way to explain it without being clear on the conflict. But some internal conflict between within Roberta... Um, I guess a three-layered conflict, uh, like a conflict between Roberta and public opinion and mean people and, uh, and retreating to observe, which is kind of where the start story started, versus retreating for her own safety or her own, you know, need to retreat versus why, you know, why would you want to help people that rejected you? Or we're we're not you know, like when an entire uh, population of the world says, "Well, we don't want you as our Santa." Um, obviously, I don't think that I avoided. I guess um, because they said, "Jesus, this is not not the podcast. This is the podcast to so put you to sleep." So while I wanted the themes of uh, of some sort of. Uh, misogynistic woman shaming. I don't know what the right word is. And some sort of, uh, I don't know, this societal conflict uh, with these things. I guess I wanted it more in the background. Uh, and Roberta having to grapple with that is like, uh, I guess I couldn't go too deep in, into that without, you know, I don't know, and I don't have a deft hand. It was important to me, too, because that was what had me, that is what hooked me in the story. Uh, so it's important to me, and maybe this is something I can return to one day in another form, because I do feel like it is an important story to tell, and maybe if someone's already told it in some other format. And I'm not saying that it was my idea, because, again, these ideas come to me from some other place, whether it was the collective unconscious or the story swamp. I mean, I was making the story up a year ago or a year or so ago, and Santa, you know, there was this conflict, and Roberta was there, part of this U.S. government intervention to take the North Pole, and she was a scientist, and she decided she didn't want to be a part of it, and she stood for Santa. And then, so, you know, as Santa made his retreat, I mean, this is a short version, but he said, you know, I, I like to cut of your, 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 you know, I like to cut of your protractor. And then he said, you know, he said, you're going to be the next Santa Claus. And that had me, I mean, I was like, you had me at ho, 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 Santa, you know. 
And then, you know, I had a year to stew on it every once in a while because I said this, I mean, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I said, okay, next year is going to be the year of Roberta Claus. And it's just, just, uh, I mean, you can't help but be curious what our world would do, and especially with the uh, uh, cultural environment in the United States of like, what would our society do? If Santa was real, I mean, that's the kind of suspension of disbelief you need or belief, you know, if you're like me. If Santa said, you know, this is who's taking over for me, or if Santa passed away and this was his heir apparent, what would our society do if if it was Roberta Claus? Uh, and then from a story standpoint, what would Roberta Claus do, you know, if what, as in the story happened, happened to her? And then another layer of it is, uh, that's kind of a theme in this, the podcast that puts you to sleep is, is there a way to do this without shaming? Uh, which is tough in this situation, you know, and I tried to explore that too, and, uh, I mean, because I'm making the podcast to put you to sleep. I'm not making Drew's, you know, intellectual exercise podcast. And, I mean, that's a nice thing about stories. It's not real. Uh, and some of this can be real. I didn't even mean to dig this deep, even though uh, this. Uh, I guess this is a little bit different episode anyway. But we're kind of laying the cards out on the table here. So, and I mean, I guess there's another layer, which is like, geez, do I, is, is, like, do I even have a right to explore this? And I guess within a fictional thing, maybe I do, because I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I can't help but wonder. As a, so it's like, and also, and then who is this woman? Who is this Roberta Claus that Santa saw so much in to say, you're the one to take over for me? Like, clearly she must be possess some very special skills uh, and, and, and things. Uh, and then it's like, geez, is the story up to challenging her in that way? So I guess that was another layer of conflict was like Roberta versus the world in some sense or most of the world or public opinion. And then I guess this is something I kept out of the story, but I was thinking a lot about is the emotional impact. And I think that would lay more in the backstory while she was like that happened before our story started was Roberta coming to some sort of emotional grips with the situation. And maybe that would have given me more, like her coming to grips through science, maybe that was the in for the science versus emotion conflict. Is that, and I mean, that was the kind of way the story started, was she was said, okay, well, I'm going to look at this from a scientific standpoint. What is, how is this world going to react? You know, they've rejected me as Santa Claus. But how will they react after a year without Christmas and Santa? What will happen and what will be my, you know, return strategy? And without me meddling in the story, that's what would have happened. Roberta would have stayed somewhere in Europe watching the world, observing. And then Christmas, without secret Santa, Christmas would have just rolled and then it would be another year. And what that's a whole other story, you know. Would the world have 
created a new these new mini Christmases or mini holiday traditions without Santa? How would businesses react? How would corporations react? You know, would fraught would they have a frosty day or something? And then what would Roberta do? Like, how would she, you know, and then, but then with Secret Santa, you know, then that's your uh, wrinkle in the plan where Roberta can no longer stay in hiding and observe. She has to actively uh, take over and, you know, get involved. And that was something that, you know, if a story's more planned out, I didn't really have a good idea of the antagonist. I knew... It was. I, I was pretty sure it was going to be some somehow related to Mrs. Claus uh, and Christmas shame and stuff. But a lot of that just came out of doing research and finding out about this Gorilla, and then being like, okay, well, because I mean, the other way would have been what the joke that Mrs. Claus made to Claus. She said, "What did you think? You know, I've just been like I'm just jilted. Like this is why I'm ruining Christmas because he just abandoned me." You know, he was a workaholic, and so now I'm punishing the world by ruining Christmas. And she's like, no, 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 like that's not that simple. I have much grander plans, and, you know, I'm not just a simple, uh, you know, this is much deeper than you. Uh, this is much deeper than jealousy, you know, with my husband. So those are some thoughts. I guess the other thing was I messed up. I thought it was going to be five episodes, but then I got so caught up. Uh, they ended up being six, uh, and a lot of that was the writing. I said, she said, I can't, I really had trouble with the ending, like the last, uh, half, uh, last between five and six were tough, uh, just making it work so that it could be Christmas Eve and stuff like that. But again, this is the beauty of the podcast. And I say, she's like, it's, I'm actually like, the, maybe this is, I'm like channeling one of my own brain bots, the scooters writing brain bot. Uh, but I guess that's it for Roberta Claus for right now. If I think anything else, uh, you know, I'll, I'll make another segment about it. All right, this is, uh, I'm back from the, uh, we just talked about Roberta Claus. Now it's a few days later. It's post how, post Christmas. I think it, I don't know what day it is, honestly. I'm pulling out my phone. I think it's the 27th, Sunday night. And I, we, so we talked about Roberta Claus and then what comes next. So we finished up Roberta Claus. And so the next series we're going to do is going to be season two of Get Bessos, which was one of our very first seasons. So if anyone uh, is new here, I don't know if you necessarily need to check it out. This is going to take two episodes to get through. The, the So next episode, I'll do a recap of season one. Uh, but I just want to talk about like the story elements, because I started re-listening to those episodes, uh, season one. And I started doing that uh, series pretty early on in the podcast. So I was very nervous and you can hear my voice is a lot higher, tighter. I could feel the tightness in my throat because uh, I'd be, I, I don't know, I could just say, I, I, I could feel my nervousness. And now I'm like, wow, I'm way more relaxed than I was back then. And also the humor is a bit more uh, NC-17 maybe. And uh, sometimes there's stuff I talk about that I wouldn't talk about anymore. And that could lead into an interesting discussion. We'll see if that comes up in here. 
you know, stuff that would keep people awake either because it would be, you know, a little bit remind them of something or, or I guess when I started the podcast, I never wanted to be offensive. Uh, but, but it's like I, I was trying to push humor or I don't know. I was nervous a lot of times too. This isn't an excuse. But you say, geez, I don't want to push anyone's buttons. It's, that's not my job at bedtime. Is this the podcast that puts people to sleep? Yeah, it's not the podcast that pushes people's buttons. Uh, so it has to be what I, you know, I have to, I try to, you know, let some humor come through on this. And maybe I was pushing a little bit too hard or I was just finding my way. And, and um, as far as like old episodes go, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And every once in a while you hear someone talk about their first episodes and they'll say, oh, so I, I can't listen because it's too painful or it's too embarrassing, or it's so terrible. And I guess for me, I, maybe I cringe a little bit, but there's so much to learn there that I don't know if it affects my self-esteem, really. I say, wow, I, I learned a lot since then. I was really a different person. I mean, I think, I don't know how many times we change our DNA stuff and our skin cells or whatever, but I probably had some different stuff going on. Plus, that was before I got into, you know, interrupting colliders and, and that. So, you know, I, I don't even, I even be human anymore, so. Or maybe I'm human, maybe back then, you know, who knows. But when I listen to what I say, I, I, I guess I don't get embarrassed. It's weird I mean, I say, geez, uh, thank goodness I did that stuff that wasn't as, uh, that could be developed and that I could learn from and grow. Uh, and that not a lot of people were listening back then. Uh, but I wouldn't say I'm ashamed or humiliated by it. I, I mean, maybe a little bit if, if you know, people were going to play it and, and poke holes in it and make fun of me, that would hurt my feelings. But uh, when P and I see people uh, like Summer and Julie G are listening to some of the old episodes, and I like see checking in on that. And that's a little different, the spirit of that. And I guess that's kind of my spirit, too, is something like that. Like, oh, let's go check out this old stuff and see what it's like. Where I think, I think and I think I hear sometimes people, they get stuck starting something because they're, like, they're afraid of having that phase. And I would say, when you're doing that phase, you, you might be under the delusion like I was, that's not half bad. Or you might think it's just, I guess there's all those are all realities at the same time. Or you're just going to think it's terrible, but, but you can get better. I'm proof if you listen to those early episodes, they're a lot different than these ones and a lot less sleepy. But there's still the elements there to put people to sleep. Um, and and I, I, I can just hear, when I hear it, I hear a lot of nervousness and then a lot of, uh, I don't know, but I also say, hey, okay, this, this, this kid's he's, he's, he's got a chance, you know. And, and I said, well, and well, one thing I see is the thing that brought me to that story. So anyway, it's new. And that's still, you know, that's listening now or, or that's old. This is might be stuff I haven't talked about. I just, cause I talk to myself nonstop. Uh, so get Bessos is a tale of Richard Warren Sears, the founder of Sears and James Cash Penny. Uh, it's a tale set, well, set two years ago. Uh, they, they let's see. 
if I should talk about how I came up with the idea, but they're two best friends. I don't think they were best friends when they were on Earth, uh, but after they died, you know, or passed away, after they passed away, they ended up in some sort of, you know, I'm not clear on 100% of the afterlife or what I believe about the afterlife. But according to, you know, the people I spoke with, you know, the you know imaginary historians, uh, the imaginary historians, they said that they had ended up in some sort of um, a limbo-type situation, and it sounded pretty boring. It was just a plain, and the only thing to eat, because you, you needed nutrients, uh, but the only thing you could consume was toast and tea, and that was it. And you don't have sexual organs, and so they were there, but they were best friends. And really, to me, it was a story about best friendship. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't exactly know 100. I know where I came up with the idea. Uh, was a couple. The seed was planted. There's a, there's a Sears, or there was, and now it's going to be the headquarters of Uber, uh, which I didn't even think about that. That could be season three. But uh, was a Sears in downtown Oakland, and I used to go there years ago to pay because I'm incapable of mailing a check. I would have to go there to pay my Discover bill. Uh, because I couldn't even hand, you know, I never remember my bill pay password. I couldn't be, I couldn't handle emotionally sending something. So on the day my Discover bill was due, I'd have to go to Sears to pay it. And I, I just, you know, at one point I called and they said, well, you never, and I said, okay. And they said, just go to a Sears, you can pay it there. Uh, so I remember going to Sears in, in downtown Oakland, you know, 99% Invisible talks about down, the beautiful downtown Oakland all the time. And like across the country, there's all these uh, old department stores. I think E-Machine is another one, or I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, but anyway, I would wait for the bus there, too, in, in recent years. And it was kind of out of place because that part of downtown Oakland, even though it's coming up, it doesn't have a lot of retail or department stores in downtown cities. You know, outside of shopping malls and, you know, plaza-type things, it's pretty rare. And then right around the same time, so this is 2013, leading up to the holiday season, I, I remember seeing this blog uh, that was just pictures from, from inside uh, J.C. Penney's, and it was depressing, like of like uh, the closed-down photo studios and probably Sears and the other stores too, or just like old, you know, mannequins or, you know, just, just, just of like a, a retail empire in decline is what I thought about both these things. And then at some point I started thinking about, uh, I, I don't know, like I said, I don't know why. I said, well, geez, could this be a story here, something about, like, what would these guys think? Was there a Sears? I remember thinking that. And when I went to, when I lived in the Bronx, there was a Sears off of Fordham Road. And it was probably four or five stories. And I think there was also, oh no, there was a Kmart in uh, East L.A., I think. And then there was a Kmart by my house growing up, uh... So anyway, uh, a lot of, so I said, is there, and I said, was there a Kmart? And then I said, okay, pennies, was there a penny? J.C. Penny was that one person, and then I found out. 
R.W.C. Richard, once they found out the guy's name was Richard Warren Sears, and then that the other guy's name was James Cash Penny. I mean, you can't make, it's like, okay, those are characters. That's easy. Uh, clearly, these are just characters looking for a story, you know, to, to be told about um, James Cash Penny and Richard Warren Sears. So it's just, and so they start imagining what they'd be like and that they'd be friends. And then right around the same time, it was when uh, Jeff Bezos purchased a Washington Post, and they were talking about uh, Amazon delivering things by drones. And then I started to think about, okay, this retail's in decline, and how much of it's related to, you know, Amazon? And and then what would these guys think about Jeff Bezos? Because uh, he's definitely different than them, you know. Uh, Jeff Bezos is more of a... He's not on the retail side in some sense. And I've never seen him in it. Like, I always picture these James Cash, Fanny Richard Warren. Seriously, be in, like, the, you know, those fancy suits that, like, almost not Monopoly Man. But, you know, they'd probably have a cane in the top hat and whatever, top petticoat or a top coat, one of those things. You know, vest. And Jeff Bessel seems more like Casual Friday, you know, in that, uh, He's he's more calculating things and taking advantage of market forces and and I think there was a really long article about uh, how he came with that I read about you know the the development of Amazon and and you know there's good and bad there's you know it's hard not to get involved in the politics or whatever but but it's like you say okay there's good and bad things about this but what would these guys think as they're watching their their last of their empire. You know, crumble like bricks into the sea, really. I mean, because it's never coming back. And I know J.C. Penny tried to rebrand as uh, J.C.P. And and I, and then I wonder, is this like all sort? Is this like some sort of uh, scam? You know, where they're playing with investors' money or what? But 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 you know, I I just picture these guys up there in limbo. Watching the you know the last gasps of the stores, you know that were probably mis you know in their opinion mismanaged by whoever, and then they didn't see this shopping mall or Amazon or whatever. So then I said, okay, you know, these guys are going to get they're going to have something out for Biz Jeff Bezos. Bezos is what I call him, Jeff Bezos. So you know, obviously, because it's you know fiction and not. Uh, they say, well, Scoots, you got a rich woman. They say, I know, but I said, I don't, I don't, I didn't know what I was doing then. And I don't know what I'm doing now, but, but I said, okay. And I started to think, okay, these guys, and, and I, the most important thing for me was that they were best friends. Uh, and, and, and I, I just picture them, you know, a little bit. And I've talked about my love of comedy teams and, you know, particularly for Laurel and Hardy and, I don't think there's quite a Laurel and Hardy element. Maybe more of a, uh, I don't know, it doesn't strike me, but but it, this is heavily influenced by characters that are best friends and uh, they're kind of both goofballs in their own special way. And they said, okay, they'll come, they'll want to come, they'll try to escape from purgatory to come to Earth, our Earth, to get Jif Bissos. And then even then I said, well, what does that mean? Because this is a sleep podcast, so what is vengeance? 
And they said, well, I guess it'll be open-ended because they said, well, what, are, what would they do? And that's where I, my creative, uh, that's where I love to do, to be able to imagine this stuff. Because like, okay, what, if this is real, if we posit that there is a purgatory, or this is, this is more of a boring one. So what was the other one I said? Limbo. And that Richard Warren Sears and James Cashapani are best friends. They're in limbo. Uh, Richard Warren Sears has access to uh, uh, kind of he, he he pays someone to bring him the newspaper. It's kind of old, you know. He slips some money because he's still a rich guy, I guess, even in the afterlife. And he get, he gets really irritated about this bisso. So he's kind of more of the cranky old man curmudgeon but his best friend that it kind of amuses him i always picture people like i always wonder why people be friends with me and they say like why are these nice people friends with me and that's why i picture james cashman he's a really nice guy who's stuck with this curmudgeonly best friend but he still likes to hang out with him for some reason uh so i said okay and i said you know they'll they'll go to earth or richard warren wants to go and it's a bad idea but James Cashpenny's his best friend. He says, I'll go with you to kind of keep an eye on you. Like, I'll go along with this. I mean, with the uh, unspoken thing to just keep you safe because you're my best friend. And in some sense, I love you, you know. And then, so that was kind of the story, whatever, I don't know what you call it, concept or whatever was that. You know, they were coming here to get Bissos. I mean, that's why it's called Get Bissos. And uh, and I guess that's as far as I planned it. I just started doing it, and it, it that was like my early stories were serial stories in the truest sense of the word. From my experience as a little kid, was Flash Gordon, uh, where it was like the episode would end with a cliffhanger, and then the next episode would start seemingly unrelated, to, to, or sometimes it would resolve the cliffhanger instantly, and then go on a totally different plot point. And I guess that's kind of how those series went, unintentionally in some sense, because I didn't have a lot of time to plan. Uh, but I, and I guess, I like, to go back to, like, what I was learning, I think Richard Warren is the stronger of the two characters. He's a bit of a grouch. He's definitely a rich guy. Uh, I guess almost... Uh, I don't know if that's satir- satirical or parody, but not really because he's like, he feels like a real guy to me. And then I feel like James Cashpenny, I let down a little bit because I didn't have a clear idea. I, I said he's a smooth guy, probably really good looking, really personal, really extroverted. And they'd had their sexuality stripped from them when they passed into this limbo. So for a lot of time, he was trying to score uh, to have sex because he had got his human body back, which I think was a little bit, uh, I don't know, I I was still learning how to handle that. Uh, And I say, maybe I'd handle it differently. I don't know. It kind of made sense. But in some sense, his sexual focus at first kind of took away from his uh, seriousness maybe a little bit. Uh, But he was like, he's a really good character because the main thing he wanted was to protect his friend. And a lot of times his motivation was either sexually driven or Oh boy, what's Richard Warren going to do that I could protect him? Uh, and it was a long season. I'm re-listening now, so I'll try to fill. Well, I guess I haven't re-listened to that many. 
So maybe I'll do that for like five minutes in a minute here. I think I had one more thing I was thinking of. But yeah, so I started re-listening. Oh, okay, so the voices. So this was interesting. When I started the podcast, uh, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I said, okay, I think I can make a podcast to put people to sleep because I'm good at making these tangent-based stories that are silly and they may have elements of fairy tales or um, uh, nursery rhymes. Uh, and that was the general concept of the podcast. And as I, I may have talked about this before, but you might, may have not heard, it's like uh, my first was like, oh, I'll talk about Game uh, Game of Thrones. And then I was like, I'll do something. I was I had the after the glass slipper was my first idea. But then I didn't know what I was going to do other than that. And I ended up watching some Walking Dead and doing some stuff. But I don't have a lot, I don't have any audio drama experience or anything like that. And so I was so, uh, what's that word called? Uh, hey, McFly, why do you got to be so gullible? I don't think that's the right word, but it's the other one, not gullible. Like an innocent young lad. I uh, didn't realize like I would have to do voices because I'm not a. I, I didn't. Uh, I, I guess I could. I can do funny voices, but uh, you know, I'm pretty uh, tight. You know, like nervous. So I was like, so at some point I realized I'd have to do voices because otherwise, I didn't know. If, I was like this, especially once the get Bessos, I was like, this isn't going to work without. How many? How are you going to tell Cash Penny from Richard Warren Sears? And how am I going to embody those guys without having their without them having their own voices? Like, uh, and I remember, like I said, I didn't tell anybody I knew about the podcast, and I finally told one of my brothers about it, and he had listened to an episode, and he said, "I didn't even know you did voices," and I said, "Yeah, neither did I. I had to though." And so that's another thing going into this next season is trying to figure out. Like Richard Warren Sears has a distinct voice. Uh, and so I have to be aware that it doesn't wake people up because early, when I was first starting out, I didn't really know about, uh, you know, equalizing noise and volume and making sure the, the what do they call it? I don't even know what it's called even now, loudness maximization or audio normalization, something like that. So that it sounds the same volume now as it does in 20 minutes. Or if characters' voices are changing, they're talking at the same volume so it doesn't have a spike that wakes you up. Uh, and Richard Warren Sears has this distinct voice, but it go, it is, like, essential to his character. So that's going to be a challenge in this next season because he likes to say, like, uh, he talks a lot like that. Like, I haven't done his voice in ages, uh, Nincompoops, uh, James Cash, Penny, Richard Warren. That's not his voice. That's not it. Uh, but usually I wouldn't do this on, I mean, I'd have the mic on, but I would, you know, this would be Bessos, Bessos. Usually I have like a phrase that I can get into character with. I don't know what his was, uh, but, but I'll think of it. But uh, So I have to figure out how to make sure I can do his voice. You friggin' James, James Cash. Oh, James, James, James Cash Penny. I don't know. I can't do it right now, but it's something like that. Because uh, then I'd have to let loose, you know, and then, you know, bring my, calm myself down. I'm freaking nincompoops here. Uh, 
It's something like that. It's something like that. So that's a challenge. But so, so the, here's, let's see, we'll run through. I think I listened to the first four episodes. And in episode one, it kind of sets that up that they're in the uh, afterlife and they're best friends. And I was pleased with that. I said, okay, this comes through. They're like, uh, I don't know if quaint, if you can have a quaint friendship, but that's kind of how it felt like uh, Richard was this curmudgeon, R.W., as he's called in the show, and that James would come by and visit him, like if they had apartments in limbo. And Richard Warren would do the same thing every day, complain about stuff, but James would come by every day and it'd be like their routine you know he'd say oh what do you you know what's about what's wrong with the world today and Richard Warren would let him know and then they would talk about it but that he found something in you know that they really loved each other that that's an important thing as friends you know the, these were two true friends and that's the foundation of the uh, the, the both seasons, I would uh, say. And then in episode two, so at some point they paid somebody off. They had found a scientist who was another kind of character, uh, Hans Zimmer Gorbelli, who was kind of a combination of uh, uh, Gorbelli. was something I saw in a truck in uh, a Walking Dead episode. And then Hans Zimmer, is that the guy that made the music for Interstellar? Maybe. But it just sounds like a name of a mad scientist, Hans Zimmer Gorbelli, you know. So he was a mad scientist, and uh, and he got them to Earth in exchange because I think he wanted to overthrow hell, Hans Zimmer Gorbelli. And so he was interested in sucking people out of the afterlife, too, and he had the technology to do it. And then in episode two, for some reason they were, oh, because they had to, he was like, I'll pull you out of uh, limbo to Earth, but you got to do some stuff for me. Uh, so in episode two, they were on a cruise ship, which I thought would be interesting, putting two guys on a modern cruise ship from whatever years they lived. I don't even know. That's how ignorant I am. Twenties, uh, tens, thirties, forties, whatever these, you know, the department store rich guys uh, who've been living in limbo to be on a modern cruise ship. And they kind of had some, like, humor that I kind of was like, okay, that wouldn't work in the podcast anymore. And they kind of stole, they needed to steal a USB drive. And then that was when the Costa Accordia, there was, like, cruise ships, a lot of cruise ships having problems. So it was kind of like I was thinking about that. So that was the cruise ship one. Then after that, okay, so, yeah, sorry, I got interrupted there. But, yeah, episode three was called, two was Vice Heaven on the cruise ship. Uh, then that episode, the episode after that was a weird one, really poor taste. Uh, but it was about a guy that had sold a soul. Uh, in exchange for some things, and they were trying to make another deal. They said, "Well, do you, do you we'll, we'll make a deal with us behind the, the devil's back?" And it was a we, that one. I wouldn't. I was like, "Wow!" It made me nervous. That was episode thirty-four. So I'd done thirty-four episodes. That was two years ago, almost. Uh, then after that, let's see, thirty-four. I guess, let's see, 34, 35, 36, 37. I think I'm in, still in the middle of, middle of that one. 
Uh, but that was called We Don't Keep Up With Anyone. And that was one, I guess, uh, I thought it would be funny if they ran into the Kardashians just a little bit. But I don't know if it advanced the story. I think they had to do something. I can't remember what happened. I, I was, uh, but I said, it was my, you know, I got to do a bunch of Kardashian jokes. And of course, they loved the Kardashians, you know, ruling class. People usually love each other. And that guy, Scott, he calls himself the Lord. Of course, they would love the Lord because he's like a, so, you know, he's similar to them, very in charge. Uh, you know, Monopoly style type person. Monopoly, what do you call that? Uh, not Avatar, but the other one, Archetype. And then, of course, you know, they said, well, geez, I, I, who's your favorite? And this was, you know, two years ago, so now it's different. But back then it was uh, Kim. I think that's pre Kanye. So Kim, Chloe, and Courtney were the prime. And I hadn't watched Kardashians, uh, and I don't know if I had watched it, because they used to drink beer and watch that show, but that was, you know, years ago. It would be like my guilty one in the morning, you know, saying, let me have a, good, you know, a few more, watch them. It, I mean, there's nothing wrong with watching beautiful people. I don't, I mean, again, it's, it's there's no can. But anyway, the, the, so the, the episode, though, the Get Bessos episode, I don't know if anything really happened. They had, they were trying to do something at this mall, the Mall of America, I think. And it just happened to be the day that a Dash boutique was opening up. And then I think the Kardashians needed some space in their shop. And they made friends with them. And, and uh, I don't know. So that was the first four episodes. And I'll be listening to more. I've been writing. I've been working on the story. And... Uh, uh, so hopefully, like today, it's the 29th. I'll probably record it in about a week and a half. The first episode will come out maybe the second, third week of January. So I can have a nice, like, two-week buffer uh, so that we, you know, we stay and we'll have Chris. Hopefully, we'll have Chris Posty post this. Maybe Chris will edit something else. I don't know if he'll edit that, but we'll see. And so that's it. Uh, I hope you all are having a... Well, I don't know when this episode, this episode will come out after the holidays. So I hope your you know, return to work it was smooth. And thank you so much uh, for listening to me yammer on about uh, how I, you know, doing this. And thanks for tolerating my, you know, it's like, the show is a little, it gets a little, I believe in, you get a little bit better each time, and uh, that's proof of that these early episodes. So thanks for sticking with me, you early people. Thank you so much. Hey, some thank yous over on Twitter. I want to thank Jane B. I want to thank Madeline S. Uh, Shivers 2000. Rachel, a.k.a. Lipstick Bohemian. Carla Cars. Uh, Benji. Sylvie F W to the F, uh, Robin aka Old Hat, David H for writing a, like a tiny little blurb about the podcast, but it was at the end of the article, and I linked. I, I don't know. I, I embarrassed. It's just really nice. Thank you, uh, John Jude Jingleheimer and Schmidt. Good night, uh, David Double or uh, Drew Double D. Good night. Uh, Jimmy76, good night. Thank you. Mary Beth, thank you. 
Mary V. Rusted Words. Good night. Uh, Tawny. Uh, life in between. Thank you and good night. Uh, Danielle. Good night. Thank you. T. Good night. Uh, LEP. Good night. We say, oh, is it L? I said, I know. Well, last year I knew it. Last year I pronounced your name the right way. The New Year came and I messed it up. Uh, Jamie, Jamie L., thank you and good night. Uh, lie to lie, good night. Over on Twitter, Jill R., uh, good night, thank you. Mark, Mark S., thank you and good night. Babs, of course, good night. Uh, Beth T., thank you and good night. Chris T., thank you and good night. Okay, over on iTunes, sleepinthemepodcast.com slash iTunes. I want to thank Lipstick Bohemian. Uh, best uh, sleep aid out there. Snuggle up and press play. Funny, yes, so, 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 support so that word that means sleepy. What more could you want? Join the community and chime in. Uh, thank you. Uh, S. S podcast fan says, uh, insomniac no more. Uh, fun combination. They, they have the fun combination of being an insomniac who sleeps lately and has a snoring hubby, uh, loud snoring. Uh, but they've looked for a sleep podcast at the end of the rope. So, and they found this one and it blocks out the log sawing going on next to them. Thank you, Boar. I'm their favorite Boar friend, Boar Bros forever. Thanks, Boar Bro. Or Boar Sis. I guess we're Boar Bros. Or we was Boar Cuz. Boar Friends, whatever. Thank you, S Podcast fan. Uh, how about a pet cabaret? Oh, life is a cabaret, my friends. A pet cabaret. Uh, no doubt about that. Holy. Uh, gentle, helpful, and it works. They've been listening for a couple months. Happened on it by chance, but a happy accident. Sometimes they drift off quickly. Other nights it takes some more trying, but nonetheless, they, they find it comforting. They're droning on. And they genuinely feel that it's a caring person doing the right reasons. And it feels, you know, that's one important thing to me to be, what is that, authentic. So thank you. And Carrie, life is a pet cabaret, a wonderful, wonderful, you say, Scoots, can you do it? And I say, we might do a pet cabaret episode one one day. We'll do a pet cabaret. And this might be our first uh, uh, review from the Philippines. This is from Kim Ting 01. Uh, they slept, but then they had a bad dream. Uh, they were listening to the guided meditation one, then they had a weird dream, a dream within a dream. And then they woke up, so they're not sure if it was, the spy guess is super weird, their dream was weird. Uh, but hopefully Kim Ting will give us another shot, thank you. Uh, the terrific way to fall asleep, this is from Macron, 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 no. I think that is like the generic version of SpaghettiOs, which is probably, I can't say that, but uh-oh, uh, Macarono. Or maybe it's like a macaroon that lost its own. Yeah, but it's a terrific way to fall asleep, so thank you. How about this one, uh, Lucille 7P7. So that sounds like a, 
when you see seven p seven, that always says that's the stuff in D and D that confuses me. That I have to defer uh, to the people that won't let me play D and D with them. Who's the you know would let you say no, Scoots, you can't play. And I said, well, I don't drink anymore, so I'll be probably less distracting. And they say, well, we've, but they always say that's the stuff that they say. And they say, you don't need to raise your hand in Dungeons and Dragons. And I said, well, I do because the 7P7, you know, my my uh, my warlock based on Lucille Ball, uh, she has a 7P7 throwing arm. Could she throw her arm? And they say, please don't ever come back here. And I said, well, I paid my initiation fee. And they said, yeah, no, you didn't because you said you don't have a checkbook. Oh, okay. But anyway, this one is actually from a person, a lovely person, Lucille7P7. And they love the podcast. Thank you. And they say thank you so much. Everyone should listen. If you want a lighthearted story, you can't fall asleep. Thank you. And how about this one? Pergy 17. Fergie was busy on New Year's Eve, but Pergy 17 slept so well. I wonder if that's Fergie's pet, you know. That'd probably be a little presumptuous. More like a Fergie fan. I wonder if Fergie, uh, the singer, and Fergie have ever met each other. Uh, I wonder if there's any pictures of them. But this is their first podcast, Pergy 17. And they never listen to podcasts. That's an honor. So thank you for being, let me, and then they say it's only up, it's only a positive, you know, say check out Mystery Show, Serial, uh, 99% Invisible. Those are good ones that you go to next, you know. So good, good luck. You got a whole world of joy to discover. And here comes the Lev WH1. Who says they love this podcast? This despite his, despite his, despite the fact that I say I'm boring, they find it fascinating and soothing. Empathy, gentleness, patience, unexpected humor uh, puts me and everyone they've told about to ease and sleep. Uh, if you've ever had parents or caretakers who made nighttime feel safe, you'll love this podcast. And if you didn't, well, it, you, there you go. I'm, you know. I'm like the parent, you never, you say, well, geez, if, as long as you're only to put me to sleep, you can parent me in this one tiny arena. And they said, well, an arena is usually bigger. And they said, well, could, when you get your vocabulary expanded enough, they said, this tiny zone, sleep zone, highway to the sleep zone. Can I parent you just in the sleep zone? Uh, sure, Scoots, as long as you're standing outside the sleep zone. I see. Yeah, my voice. Don't worry. I'm 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 comfortable with your boundaries. Uh, boundaries are essential. You know. I have. As a matter of fact, I'm a bit. You know. I'm the first person that has a te- tetrahex boundaries. Uh, and they and they say with to the to a power. It's an empty power. My my boundaries are so. I understand your need. But Leb WH1 says, uh, uh, Scooter forever. Wow. Sleep well, everyone. And, you know, this is uh, something a little bit more than boring, and they're grateful. Well, thank you. Uh, I want to, over on YouTube, I want to thank Theory, uh, Megan H., James P., thank you and good night, Holly S., uh, thank you and good night, Noel, H., thank you and good night, C0, thank you. Chloe H., good night. Brian V., thank you. 
Liz, Liz B, good night. Lipstick B, good night. Uh, Letitia, good night. Thank you. Uh, over on email, I want to thank uh, Dr. Harvey Elephant. Thank you and good night. I want to thank Eric over at One You Feed. Thank you and good night. Uh, Sarah uh, C, we got that. Thank you. Finally, again, good night. I'm glad you finally got that. Uh, Dominique, uh, no longer sleepless in Utah. Thank you. Uh, Liverpoolian, I think that's how you say it. Liverpoolian, uh, Heather H. Thank you and good night. Uh, Rachel, thank you and good night. And thank you from the water gobbles. Uh, Kathy H., thank you and good night. Thank you again for your email. Ahab's wife, thank you and good night. Uh, Barry K., thank you and good night. Uh, Jeff T., thank you and good night. Sleep well. Uh, Charles L., thank you and good night. Uh, Matthew B., thank you. Thank you and good night. Colleen, Colleen V., uh, thank you. Thank you and sleep well. Good night. Uh, Kimberly B., thank you. Thank you for your offer. Thank you and good night. Uh, Jennifer D., good night. Hopefully, I'll see you soon. My buddy Bug, thank you and good night. Hopefully we can uh, help you out there. Uh, Renee Y, thank you. Sleep tight, thank you and good night. Ian, thank you and sleep tight. Uh, Joel, good night. Uh, Jeff, good night. Amy, good night. Uh, good night, Carl. Good night, Brendan. Uh, I want to say thank you for the iTunes review to a specially different nickname. Thank you and good night. Uh, consistently works. I tried guided imagery, but it loses. It becomes too predictable. Radio, podcasts, other TV, too interesting or not interesting enough. But, you know, we, that's what with the balance we try to strike here. Just the right amount of intentional boring. Thank you. That's an especially different nickname you have there. How does he do it? Asks uh, MSN Missinde Missinde something nineteen a complicated brain bot uh, who wonders how I don't fall asleep. Well, you know, I'm wired for boredom. What can I say? So glad you found this podcast. Thank you, uh, Tyler Kloss. I don't know if Tyler's related to Roberta or going after her. But it does exactly what it claims to do. A little skeptical at first. That's understandable, Tyler. But they're trying, willing to try anything, and they're glad they did because uh, now I'm the go-to podcast about eight minutes. Uh, thank you so much, Tyler. And a ho-ho-ho to you. Uh, over in the comments, I want to thank Joe. I want to thank Bonnie for the comment. I want to thank Jen Dublin, who uh, puts the speckle in the echo, as they say. Thank you. I want to thank uh, Fairday. Is that correct? Fairday? I hope so, who was also a fan of ASMR. Friday, Frida, Frida, Friday. Hopefully, uh, Madison, thank you. And thank you for your comment. Allison, thank you. Weirdest thing ever. Thank you. Uh, Quincy, thank you and good night.
Uh, see Bills, uh, thank you, and good night. Good night, sleep tight. Uh, Lisa, thank you. Rachel, thank you, and good night. Uh, Mark, I want to see her more about Koa, thank you. Over on Facebook, I want to thank Joe O. J-O-O, J-O to the O, Renee W., uh, Ricardo V, Chevy, Laura, Alexandra, Sky to the K, Allie to the H, Shelly to the S, Kimberly to the M, uh, Stacy to the M to the D, uh, Polly to the P, uh, Julia to the H, uh, Brian to the V, uh, Nikki to the R, uh, also for all those Q updates, that's very useful, actually, believe it, I mean, may, may, uh, very helpful uh, for me to, you know, transport myself back there, so I appreciate that. Uh, Brian to the V, did I say that? Well, I say it again. And Ashley to the R to the V, Julie to the, Julie to the C to the A to the double T, uh, Joel to the D, C, C Cynthia to, to the M to the R, to the all the letters that you could be, uh, Kevin K, official RN of the podcast, thank you. And thank you for that link. Ernessa, uh, thank you so much for your uh, thank you. Ernessa uh, to the S, thank you so much. Uh, Vesna, you know, um, Bernie says hello. Uh, Kimberly M, thank you. Uh, Renee to the W, thank you. That's getting old, I know, I realize that. You know, the repeating to the... Uh, Sarah to the W, thank you. And uh, Richard V to the G to the S uh, to the dash, uh, thank you. Renda to the F, thank you. Good night. Uh, Noel, thank you. Miriam, thank you for that Star Wars pick. I don't know if I thanked you yet. Uh, Leon, thank you. Uh, Vivian B, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, over on Twitter, I want to thank uh, Sammy uh, WTF. It's been a while. Thank you. Uh, Jason, uh, 2016, the year Jason keeps running. Uh, I guess I don't know. I got to check with his, what his new, uh, the year the runs got Jason. That's what I would propose. The year Jason runs. Run it runs run Jason run twenty sixteen, uh, thank you, cat uh, bby thank you Annie B thank you for that funny Buzzfeed, Sally M Sally Ann M thank you, uh, bugs not funny thank you was eating a down diorama yes I did uh, Jane B thank you very much Shivers two thousand thank you. Rachel C., thank you, and good night. Uh, Carla Cars, good night. Sylvie F., good night. Uh, Madeline S., is good night. Robin L., good night. Sleep tight. David H., again, good night. And John Jude, good night. Uh, thank you all for your lovely feedback, and good night.
Yeah, more iTunes reviews. Uh, loves audio. Says try it, you'll like it. Long rambling, pleasant, pleasant, and relaxing monologue that soothes and reassures. Thank you. Oh, Domino, you know how hard that is not to sing uh, to that one holy mackerel. But I, I really don't want to wake anybody up. Oh. Oh, Dom, you know, I don't, oh, Dom, you know, oh, I do not, oh, Dom, no, want to wake anybody up, uh, but, uh, oh, Domino, uh, says, Zy, Zyquil's of, of jealous of this podcast, struck sleep gold, laugh and fall asleep, thank you so much, uh, I always want to say Derek and the Domino sung that song, but I think it was the other guy. Uh, Moonstone, what's that guy's name? No, not a guy that's saying, that's Cat Stevens. Is it the other guy that I get mixed up with Cat Stevens? Even Probably, probably that guy that, that's nothing like it. Is it a Hey 19? The, the same, I don't, anyway, we better move on. Well, we lost that listener. Um, uh, was it uh, Meatball that sung that? Meatloaf. It's Meatloaf, dude. This is what having a split brain is like. Holy meatball. That was not on purpose or joking. I can't believe you just poor meatloaf. Meatwad is probably like, hey. Okay. Uh, Miss Pentuth. Miss Pentuth. Miss Pentuth. Uh, says brilliant be- bewilderment. Sleepingly had stars or reviews, so they tried it. It works. And they urge every exomniac to try it. Soothing voice, rambling, funny introductions, stories to distract. Been listening every night for months and never made it through a whole show. And over they have twice. Uh, while you snuggle and burrow, Scooter gathers up your thoughts, discomforts, and pain. To-do lists like a she- shepherd or sheep rounds up the old brain bots. And tucks you in sweet dreams, sweet dreams, friends. Thank you. And then boots not funny. Yeah, there's well, there could be boots, funny boots, puss and boots. Was not funny. Uh, Pippi Long, did Pippi Longstocking ever have boots? I don't know why I always you know relate her with the boots. Uh, Bootsy Collins can be funny. It's just saying Bootsy Collins, you know. Put you in a good mood, and then you pitch your boots counts, mood gets better. Then you picture some of the noises Bootsy makes, you know, during songs, gets better, mood gets better. I think Bootsy counts is like an antidepressant. And then you listen to some Bootsy counts, you're like, wow. Uh, and then Bootsy brings the funk. Fun, you know, and uh, wow, the magic of Bootsy Collins. I didn't even realize it till now. Thank you, Boots. Not funny, uh, but Boots, uh, this Boots, not Bootsy, says Scooter's a sweetheart. Oh, thank you. And they listen to Sleep With Me Every Night or the spin offs like uh, Game of Drones and Sleep to Strange. Uh, but what the boys, po- podcast boils down to is Scooter sitting down and telling a strange bedtime story, retelling a Game of Thrones, or walking you through fried rice burritos, a guided meditation. While it's not for everyone, the slumber, you know, because of the stuttering, the slumbering, the slittering, the stuttering, the slurring, 
uh, makes for a fact where you get bored to sleep. His voice never bothered. The uh, boot's not funny. And it works for boots. So if you find yourself awake, why not give it a shot? I, I agree. Scooter's a sweet cinnamon roll. Oh, I love cinnamon rolls. Who only hopes you make it, don't make it to the end of the stories. And if it turns out he can't help you that way. You know, yeah, I'll pass you on to some, you know, li- li- LibriVox, uh, French fairy tales, you know, that's my top. Uh, here, here's no more counting sheep from I like to study in Australia. Uh, sleep in 10 minutes, double kiss. Thank you. And then we get another route. Maybe this could be Bo- Bootsy Collins, but this is from the UK. Is, is Bootsy an American or... If Bootsy's American, which is the American treasure, by the way, or a UK treasure, but this is Star from UK, who says it actually works. Amazing, uh, sends them to sleep in no time. Story, stuttering sometimes wakes you up because your brain bots try to say, hey, this is the word, Scoots. Try to be, you're even trying to be helpful when you're sleeping. Thanks, Star. And then this one gave me, uh, this both made me ha- happy, sad, and mad, or not happy, amused. Uh, this is a one-star review from Unique Unique Name. It has nothing to do with sleep. Spent 10 minutes thanking individual people, friends, I guess. Uh, my God, it's so annoying. I had to turn it off so I could sleep. Uh, so that's someone that didn't, uh, I don't know, they didn't under, I guess, uh, you know, not everybody can get the podcast. So sorry about that, but you do sound like a bit of a grouch. No offense. Uh, but I can't imagine that. Maybe that. Well, I guess Bernie is kind of like our Oscar the Grouch, and Bernie doesn't like the podcast, so I guess you're not alone. I want to. Maybe we'll check in. Maybe we could have Bernie. Yeah, once we get some more bad reviews. No, we don't want any more bad reviews. I think we have enough. We could have Bernie. Maybe because uh, Vestin's been saying bring in Bernie. Yeah, so that's an idea to sit on. Uh, over on Twitter, I want to thank Babs. Be like Babs, our good friend. Uh, Aurora Jellybean, I want to thank you. Susanna, thank you so much. MYK, you know, R, thank you so much. Uh, Cape Cod, the whole, I don't know if the whole Cape Cod, probably a human though. Thank you so much. Uh, Lauren Ashley, thank you. Uh, Candace C., thank you and good night. Connor I., thank you and good night. Uh, the Russ Man, uh, thank you and good night. Well, that's that's old P. Goblin, who has a podcast. I have to listen to that. It's a hog cast. A Light Alive, thank you and good night. Uh, Becky, Becky A.K. Moon, good night, thank you. Cat uh, B.B.Y., thank you. Uh, Jason S., keep running, buddy. Keep running. Uh, Lori S., uh, Steph, uh, Steph, Kelly, good night. Mary Beth. Uh, Brian V., thank you and good night. Samantha, good to see you again, again. Good night. Well, we got a lot of comments about this person, the grouch. So thank you, everybody, that commented on that. Me sharing that. Uh, uh, Gary. Catherine, Cindy, Kate, Bernadette J. Double shout out to Bernadette J. Uh, Tupi, Linda S to the F, Emma W, Justin C to the D, Eduardo V to the double G, Sarah B, uh, Jennifer to TV, uh, Babs. 
Kiara, Mary, Mary G G L, uh, Laura, uh, Laura S B. Then we have uh, Laura to the P, who wants a, a shirt that says uh, right after Laura's the silver tone. And then Stacy, I always want to call Stacy the chef of the podcast. I don't know, that's my, I think I did it one time. Anyway, Julie G, Alexandra, Susan, uh, Dustin L, Mandy H, Roberto B to the D, Patsy S, uh, Jennifer B, Ellen Q, H. Uh, there's a lot of funny stuff on here. Uh, KSJ, S and Z, uh, and then Vicky T, thank you for your post. Uh, Kimberly M, thank you. Amy E, Vesna, Joe O, thank you. Renee W, thank you and good night. Uh, Julia H, Brian V, Nikki R, our buddy Kevin K, and RN. Uh, Vivian B, thank you and good night. Uh, Dana Z, thank you and good night. Uh, Leon, aka Robert, good night. Rebecca CH, good night. Uh, Bob C, Tara Tara, good night. Thank you. Phil, thank you for email. Thank you and good night. Uh, Marie in Wales, good night. Uh, Ahab's wife, thank you for the moss. Thank you. Good night. Judas K, thank you for your, uh, oh, Poughkeepsie, that's the best. Jennifer D, uh, Jenny L, uh, Kimberly, thank you, Eric, Sarah C, thank you and good night. Uh, Dominique, good night, Heather H, good night. Uh, comment, uh, comments on the website, I want to thank Bianca K from the Netherlands, thank you. Uh, Bonnie, thank you so much for your comments. Jen was a double N. Thank you and good day. Friday, Friday, Friday. Okay, thank you. Madison, thank you again. Allison, thank you again. Quincy, thank you again. Joe, thank you again. And that's it for the thank yous right now. Somehow I missed you. I'm so sorry. Uh, thanks and good nights.